You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. It is Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins this week on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Reed uh, with another week off. He'll be back in the big chair this coming Monday. Uh, Reed taking the time as he usually does at this time of year to go fringing and also volunteer at the fringe. So if you see uh, Reed down there, just uh, give him a nice little wave and uh, send a nice little message and all the good stuff there. 780-496-0063 is the phone number to call or text. We're here for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Toronto Blue Jays and the Baltimore Orioles beginning a series in Baltimore. Uh, A team that the uh, Jays have not done very well against this season. In fact, uh, they have lost eight of their previous 10 meetings, hanging on, though, the Jays tonight to a 3-2 lead over the Orioles. They are in the uh, bottom of the fifth inning of play, and the uh, Jays trailing the Seattle Mariners uh, by one game for the final wildcard spot in the American League, which is uh, the final wildcard spot in the American League. Uh, Also around the CFL today, Cody Fajardo practice for the Montreal Alouettes. They're visiting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who also have Zach Caleros back in their lineup. He missed the last two games after getting a uh, the late hit, I would say, from Coney Ely of the Edmonton Elks in that uh, game back on August the 10th. But uh, Alouettes head coach Jason Moss confirmed Fajardo's availability at practice today. Missed the last couple of games with a uh, shoulder injury to his non-throwing shoulder. That was sustained in Week 9 against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Oilers making some uh, news today. I'll, I'll bring up another uh, uh, elk story as well in a moment here. But uh, I want to mention the Oilers uh, hiring... Rick Pricey, rather, uh, named director of amateur scouting. Also, the uh, club mutually parted ways with Tyler Wright. Pricey was 52, a couple decades of scouting experience to the Oilers after most recently serving as an amateur scout with the Philadelphia Flyers since 2014. Spent 13 years prior with the Colorado Avalanche, was the Avalanche's director of amateur scouting uh, from 2008 to 2014. Among his uh, the draft selections in Colorado uh, under Pricey, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Matt Duchesne, Gabriel Landeskog, Randall Riley, Tyson Berry, and uh, there you go. So uh, probably Jeff Jackson, who's the new CEO of Hockey Operations, putting a stamp on it, and also uh, bringing in someone who knows the Ontario Hockey League, which has been kind of the, the feeling is the Oilers haven't tapped that league very well over the last few seasons, and their drafts overall haven't been all that uh, stellar, or the record hasn't been as good. And uh, not that Tyler Wright was terrible, but uh, yeah, I think Jeff Jackson is going going to go with my guy. And I think that happens uh, quite a bit, so it's not a big surprise. Uh, back to the Elks, uh, Trey Ford. Uh, he was named to the honor roll by the CFL and Pro Football Focus. Uh, they, they used to do Players of the Week, then they had the top performers of the week. Now they're doing the honor roll with uh, the CFL and, and PFF. And PFF is their uh, analytics site. And we're actually going to have uh, uh, Bryson uh, uh, Venz Naver on tomorrow, who does a lot of grading for the CFL. And uh, we're going to get uh, kind of go behind the curtain of PFF a little bit. Some people, Kellen, uh, don't Peter. like PFF because they're going, well, why, why is the Montreal Alouettes O-line rated the highest when Cody Fajardo gets sacked so much. And why does Trey Ford, the top performer, the top quarterback of the week, when he only completed 13 passes? So, you know, analytics. Analytics, it's... uh, 
you can take it or, or throw it on the side of the road, you know? Yeah, it's either the blessing or the scourge of all pro sports right now is analytics across the board. We're talking, you know, whether it's CFL football, we could go hours talking about analytics and hockey, whether they mean anything or not, <laughs> honestly. Uh, you know, baseball even too. Now, if, you know, yeah. it's a on base percentages and this that and you name it uh yeah it's it's the the new extra way that we consume numbers and stats and everything with whatever sport we're watching we so. just have the craving for more numbers more data mm. give me more data please give me more give me more for my fantasy team give me more for the team that i love that sort of thing uh, people crave all that. Are, stuff, are we sure. putting the nerds and sports nerds? Is that is that what we're doing now, or is that uh, just kind of oh, probably? Absolutely, I yes. guess so. Okay. Oh yeah, there exactly. We go. Sure. Yeah. Of course they do. There you go. But yeah, Trey Ford was the most efficient quarterback of the week, according to uh, PFF. 13 of 18 for 174 yards, two touchdowns, ran five times for 60 yards. Now, there's probably another re- other reasons why he was named uh, the top performer or the, or the uh, highest rated quarterback on their honor roll. Uh, 74% completion percentage. His quarterback rating was 136. What is quarterback rating? It's complicated. That's what it is. Uh, <laughs> okay, so basically the highest uh, the highest rating you can get is 158.3. I don't know why they come up with that number, but they, they did. And there is formula that you have to uh, account for. In fact, there are uh, quarterback rating calculators you can find online yeah you can Uh, go google it and put that in and that stuff yep good luck trying to you know figure it out but you don't have to because they have the algorithms for that Mm -hmm. so if you're around 80 for quarterback rating you're kind of treading water if you're over 100 you're good Mm -hmm. okay you're doing really really good i mean trey ford's qb rating for two games is 125 so that's that's good uh, Stephen Dunbar also named to the honor roll uh, top receiver of the week. Four catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. And Thomas Jack Cardilla, the right guard, the top individual grade of any O-lineman, 81.2. In fact, the entire Elks O-line, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but was the top offensive line of week number 11. They did not allow one pressure. They allowed a sack, Woo! but after that, they didn't allow a pressure, according to PFF. Wow. So we're going to talk to Bryson tomorrow about, we're going to get dive a little bit more about why are the Elks doing so much better with Trey Ford, it seems like, or, you know, doing, playing much more improved. And I don't want to talk about Trey Ford too much tonight because I kind of want to talk more about Rick Lollisher. But, you know, we'll talk about, uh, you know, what what markers is Bryson noticing good and bad about the Elks that may be a good predictor for the rest of the way. The Elks are 1-9. and nine. They'll take on the Ottawa Red Blacks this Sunday. Uh, Elks back on the field tomorrow to uh, begin preparations for that. You can catch the game right here on 6.30, Chad, Sunday, 3.30, countdown to kickoff. 5 o'clock is the opening kickoff. Okay, so Rick Lollisher is the uh, president and CEO interim for the uh, Edmonton Elks. And, you know, last week when Victor Quee was... Uh, was let go. I know they said mutually parted ways with Quee. It was pretty much the Elks said, we're done, see ya. Um, his name kept coming up in Rick Lollisher. Well, Dave, what do you think of Rick Lollisher? And I, you know, like I told Rick, I said, well, Rick's retired. So <laughs> I don't know. I know he lives here. Um, he and Joan moved here after five years with the BC Lions, which wasn't supposed to be five years. It was supposed to be a couple years. And 
uh, David Braley could never sell the team. That's why Rick Lawlisher was there to help facilitate a sale for the Lions, but David Braley could never do it. But David Braley passed away in uh, 2020, and you know, and uh, then that, you know, I hate to say that opened the door, but it accelerated the process. And now Amar Doman is in uh, as the owner of the BC Lions, and Rick Lawlisher was a big, uh, big part in uh, helping bringing Doman to the to the Lions. So. What is he going to do here? I mean, honestly, when you listen to Rick, you don't get a lot of, you know, the the style, I'll say. But, boy, you get substance. This is a guy that has been there, done it. He's built brands. He's built uh, events. I first remember Rick Lollisher from the 2001 World Championships in Athletics here. And, I mean, 630 Chad here, we were all over that. We, we, we did every single day we did long long stretches of coverage for nine days it's the i don't remember sleeping very much that week that was that was uh one of my best memories but i remember rick remember uh meeting him at that point and meeting joan um and just realizing the passion i bring joan in because joan's a big part of rick you know i mean those two are a package deal those two um are so good in the community what i think rick's going to bring is stability He's just going to bring stability and just calm the waters. He's going to be a voice that everyone respects. He's going to have a hand that everyone uh, sees as a steady hand. You know, when Victor Kui was hired, you know, he brought a lot of great enthusiasm and a lot of great ideas. And he had passion and he had love for this city and for this organization. I will never take that away from Victor. Never. You know, and I've had many conversations with Victor and you're, you're impressed with him. But unfortunately, it was style over substance, where Lawlisher will be the opposite. It'll be substance over style, which is what they need. you know. And what's going to change in the interim? I, I think what's really going to change is that there's going to be more of a, look, we're all, we're all in this together, everyone, that works here. You know, and even with the fan base, I think we're all in this together. We all recognize that we are not living up to our end of the bargain on the field. And, you know, Rick's been that, been through that before. I mean, when I started, uh, you know, in 2004, that was coming off an emotional Grey Cup win in 03 in Regina. Um, they were 9-9 and in 2004. They won the Grey Cup in 2005. And then 2006, they didn't make the playoffs for the first time in 34 years. That was a tough year. That was a real tough year. And 07, they didn't make the playoffs. That was another tough year. And then they make the playoffs in 08, 09, 2010. Uh, they're, what, 2-9, I believe, and they hire Eric Tillman. And that's probably Rick Lawlisher's biggest mistake. Um, you know, Eric brought a good team in 2011, but then he traded Ricky Ray, and then it was just 2012 was just a, a schmozzle. And by then, Rick Lawlisher was not, no longer the president. You know, and... When people say and ask, you know, and Reed has brought up, when did the demise of the club start happening? He says 2006. In some ways, I agree with him. I think the hiring of Eric Tillman had a worse effect, and it accelerated the process. I do agree in 2006, things started to get a little sour here. And we've had good years, obviously, in, in Edmonton. We've seen the, uh, the team, in, you know, especially from 2014 to 2017, be a pretty successful team winning a great cup in that uh, time period. 
But you look from 2004 to now, and they've only had four playoff games at home. That's it. I believe they've made seven or eight division finals. They've only won one of them. Um, well, that's not true. So go from 2005, they won the Grey Cup. Let's go from 2006 to now. I believe they've been in seven, eight, seven or eight division finals. Only one time have they reached the Grey Cup, and they won. And sadly, there's only one of those division finals they played at home. They've played a few uh, West finals. They've played a lot of East finals. <laughs> seen a lot of those. Um, you know, you want to feel good about your football team? You want to feel good about the organization. And I think that's what Rick Lawshire is going to try and accomplish here. And he was in Vancouver. It was a tough sell for the Lions. They were getting 11, 10, 11,000 people per game. No one was really excited about them. And he spoke today about what did you learn about that rebuild in B.C.? Uh, clearly, Amar Doman is is clearly a great owner and as 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 I told him that he was going to be our poster boy, and uh, but I think we we also you've been there and I, I think I'm pretty proud of the way they put together their game day, and it's you, you can't win all the games you know if if you could I'm sure the commissioner would love every team to be nine and nine and try to figure out the playoffs but it just doesn't happen that way so you have to make an event and where where it's fun and fun for families and uh, if you win that's all much better but um, it's got to be a fun event it's it's not just a football game and when people hear that they go what well so winning's not important no let me tell you winning is the number one priority of any organization in sports okay uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a quote that my uh, my, my good friend Dave Jamison has brought out, who used to uh, work here, used to work for the Elks, and we used to be a, you know, a longtime member of the, of the media here in Edmonton in the sports side of things. He always has said this, the Elks are as much an entertainment option more than a sporting option. So in the summer, there's a lot of festivals and there's a lot of events that are demanding your attention, and the Elks are in there. And when Rick Lollisher says it's not always just about what's on the field, you know, it's mostly what's on the field, but you want to go and feel good about your football team. You want to go feel about the ex- good about the experience. You want to feel like you're valued. You want to feel like you had a, you know, a good time. And, you know, that's why, you know, he said this isn't good right now. Obviously, it's, it's, it's a struggle. There, there are fans that are upset. There are fans that have shown up to games now with paper bags on their head. I find them annoying, to be honest with you. Highly annoying. But, hey, that's how they feel. And I understand that. Losing stinks. And this organization hasn't given you a good feeling enough to, to come to the ballpark, to come to the stadium. And Rick Lawless, you know, his, his message was, you know, sports is very fickle sometimes. The ups and downs of sport is not fun. I- uh, particularly when you're down. I've, you know, I've made mistakes in the football side, and the key is if you make a mistake, then get it corrected. But I think they've made some corrections this year, the the way they're playing, and and uh, um, come out and watch them play, not and not just football, to just have a great time and enjoy the time. That, um, this is the first time the CFL's gone to Sunday games, and I, I think overall it's been pretty successful. Of, uh, for, so 5 o'clock 
uh, Sunday game and in the summer could be a very looks like it's going to be 28 or 29 degrees so it'll be a great day uh, to come out it, it is affordable and um, it's a great way to experience particular families and uh, we're, we'll continue and, and even grow the, the presence of families in in the game and, and attending the game so um, the I can't force anybody to come but uh, I, I I do want to stress that we're going to try to make it as fun as we possibly can, regardless of what the score on the field is. And I know there's hardcore uh, football fans that uh, are not happy, and I've seen the pictures of the bags, uh, but I've seen pictures of bags in the NFL, the NHL, uh, the NBA, all over the place. So, uh, But they're passionate fans, and uh, there's nothing wrong with passionate fans. So Rick Lollisher knows he's inheriting a one-on-nine football team on the field, but that's not his responsibility. His responsibility is to maximize the business side of the club. Just like Chris Jones, it's not his job to wade into the business side and say, okay, guys and gals, we need to do this. His job is to try and win more in the football field. So there's a separation there. And obviously the two do meet. Of course they do. Of course there's an effect. One in nine doesn't make for a fun place to work, but it doesn't mean it can be a, a terrible experience. And unfortunately, it was like that for too long, for too many years, even if it's only been the last three, four years. It's been too much like that. Rick Lollisher is a good guy to work for. I've heard nothing but good things about that. And I've known him long enough to know what uh, what kind of a man he is, what kind of a heart he is, uh, what kind of heart he has. He's driven, he is demanding, but he knows when to put on the gas or step on the gas when to get off of it. So, and you, you look at BC uh, with Amar Doman, and, and Rick Lollisher was there for Amar Doman. I mean, the Lions were not very good, but again, he appealed to families. He appealed, the, the Lions were an attractive product to come to because it was inviting. It was affordable. Um, they had a good time. And yes, One Republic helps. And, you know, LL Cool J helps. But what helps is the atmosphere around, you know, you know, the, the BC Place stadiums downtown Vancouver. You got Robson Street you could utilize. You got Terry Fox Square. So how can Rick Lollisher help utilize what's around the stadium? The tailgate, is there something else that he can do to make the game day experience a lot more fun? And you know what? Hopefully, which is the number one priority, you come and see a winning football team. So Rick Lollisher is here with the steady hand, the steady voice. Let's see what he can do. Hi, I'm Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Tom Richards, the board chair of the Elks, spoke about the search for a permanent president and CEO. Uh, putting out requests, requests for uh, proposals, so they are out there. We expect to get three or four in from different search firms. I think I'm only in receipt of one so far. So very early stages on that, Scott. So how about the list of candidates for the interim president and CEO? How many were on that list? We had a list of over 20. We, we asked the board and, and others to put forward names. And then we said, OK, we got to start narrowing this down, ranking it. And every one of us that ranked had Rick as number one. So there's a lot of great, great people out there. But there was 
in my opinion, head and shoulders above the rest. And that name is uh, Rick Lawlisher, head and shoulders above the rest, named the interim president and CEO. Back in that post, the position he held from 2002 to 2011, bring that steady hand and that steady voice to help stable the uh, the good ship Elks and hopefully lead them into better days when they hopefully more games are won, more people come to the games, and they'll be in a much better spot when the new president is uh, is named at some point. Won't fix everything, but might fix some things. Blake Dermott, our in-game analyst on Elks broadcast here on 630 Ched, will be by after the news. It's 7. It's Campbell and for Wilkie.